0: A few weeks out from pre camp, I fractured my back. So that's the only thing I can think of. I, like, I went into the World Cup thinking I'd be a sub player, but it actually helped me to become a lot more of like a team player, being like, if I'm not on the field, then what else can I bring, like, energy wise? I wouldn't say I've had any really big setbacks because a lot of time when things happen, I just think there's so much good that comes from it. So, yeah.
1: I mean, fracturing your back just before a World Cup sounds like a setback to me, but serious to me. <laughs>
0: It ended yeah. up being fine.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Sound,
2: the official Manchester City podcast. Watch the full video version of this show via City Plus now. Hello and
1: welcome to the official Manchester City podcast. I'm your host, George Kelsey, and joining me today is former City striker and all-round legend Paul Dickov. Good to have you back, mate. How are oh, you doing?
2: Yeah, good to be here. I'm looking forward to today. Good
1: stuff. So Mary Fowler today, obviously, Australia International, been at City for just over a year now. She seems to have really come into her element this year as well, so uh, a good one to have today.
2: Yeah, it is. And like all the podcasts that, that I've done with the club, I'm you know, particularly interested um, with Mary about um, her journey to get into football. You know, she left Australia at a young age, obviously moved to Holland, um, moved back to Australia, into France and ended up at City. So I like to hear the stories about... Uh, first and foremost how they get into football and how they ended up at Manchester City uh, but how they handled it at such a young age as well because it can be difficult.
1: Especially I think with women's players at the moment there's obviously not been as much of that academy pathway that the men's
2: players tend to have so like you say it's it's always very very interesting how different they are as well. It is and I know she, um, she did move to Holland where women's football is big at a young age but you know through my, through my journeys with the club and visiting Australia you know women's football is, is really big out there. So it'll be interesting to have the comparisons of what it was like out there and, and compared now to Manchester City. Interesting as well because she's
1: obviously playing in more of a, a left-sided role or, or just out wide on the right as well compared to being in the centre for that first season at City and she seems to have excelled in it. So I'm interested to kind of see how she does with that as well.
2: Yeah, it is and it's, it's different now. When back in the day, a long time ago when I was playing, it was 4-4-2 as a striker. You played with two up front. You never really had to go out wide or maybe drop in a 10-roll, number nine or... You know that wasn't a thing then, so for us it was quite easy. But I think nowadays now to play in any of that, if it's a front three, they've got to be so adaptable. We've seen it, we've seen it already this season. You know, with Mary, she um, she can play as the nine, she can play off a bit, and more recently out wide. So it'll be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it, right? Well, without further ado, here's Mary Fowler on the official Manchester City podcast. Great delivery and Fowler! It's a trademark piece of wing play from Lauren Hemp into a dangerous area and Fowler just had to divert it out of the reach of Cummings
0: and City have a commanding lead now.
1: Mary, thank you for joining us on the official Manchester City podcast. Um, We always start podcasts by talking about early life and getting into football. So for you growing up in Australia, what was it like for you?
0: Um... I loved it. Where my family lived, um, we were like really close to the beach. So we pretty much went to the beach every single day. Um, did our schoolwork there, did like just played heaps of games on the beach. Like I just remember being at the beach all the time. So I think like for the time that we were there growing up, um, I, I have really fun memories.
1: I suppose beach football is obviously quite different to yeah. grass football as yeah. well. What were the kind of the differences or maybe that gave you an advantage maybe over other people that weren't playing on the beach all the time?
0: Um, I mean, I wouldn't say the beach was where my advantage came. I think my advantage came from having so many siblings that we just like were able to just play games all the time. So I have like two brothers and two sisters. Um, my older brother was the one that was mad about football. So, um, and he's like four years older than me. So often we just played like everyone versus him. (laughs) (laughs) So we were quite competitive and that's, I think, where i got my like competitive side, um, in wanting to, to play sports.
1: Amazing. And am I right in thinking that he then went to Holland to become a professional and and you followed as well? Is that right?
0: Yeah. I think like in most things, like I just wanted to follow his path and do what he did. So um, he's pretty much the reason why I started football. Um, So yeah. And he's taught me a lot of what I I knew from, you know, at the beginning of my career and stuff.
1: Incredible. And that move from obviously Australia to to Europe and Mm -hmm. obviously the same language, but a different culture, weather, all that. What was that like for you at such an early age?
0: Um... I mean, I was in my last year of primary school at that time. So like, obviously, you're just like still a kid and you are just like crying and stuff. You don't really know what's happening. Um, but I think once we got there, like we I think at least for me and my younger siblings, like, we went to primary school together and it was kind of an experience that we went through together, even though we were in different classes, like we were able to like come home and just be able to share that with each other um, and just the whole footballing cu- like culture in the Netherlands is so big compared to Australia. So we just got to play so much more football than we were doing before. So it was like, kind of like balanced out. Like it was a distraction from not being able to speak the language. Yeah. Like you just, you don't need to speak a language to play football with the kids. Like everyone just plays and, and you just have fun together.
1: Yeah, we had the chance to speak to Jill Roald on the, on the podcast recently. And we asked mm-hmm. her about sort of the football culture in, in Holland from someone who had experienced Australian football culture to. Dutch football culture what were the main differences that you noticed or that you learned to then
0: take back um I think definitely like just from a young age over there like they were so like in tune with tactics and um like valued the detail in things a lot more like the technique of passing like now it wasn't just get the ball to the player it was get it to them on the ground hard like at a good speed and it was just like other stuff that you were just Um, taught about those things from such a young age Um, I don't know what that's like in Australia now but I think the difference at that time was um, quite big and then just the amount of football that we were playing like sometimes we'd go to our actual team training late because we're just playing on the street with all the kids so like there's just so much more football to play
2: did you you notice that difference when you went back to Australia having that football education in Holland did you find Mm -hmm. when you went back that you were further ahead than, than kids the same age as you
0: um, I mean I would say so yes just because I've always been playing with teams that are like I've been in as soon as I went into women's football I was just in senior teams all the time um, so I would say that going over to Holland gave me a bit of an up um, compared to other people my age that maybe weren't exposed to that because um, even when I did national team like I was 15 and went straight into under 20s. So like, I think if I'd gone into my age group, I wouldn't have enjoyed it because I just would have been a bit further ahead than that.
1: It's amazing that. So just quickly, so you were 15 playing for the under 20s because am I right thinking you made your Australian debut at 15 as well? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's a lot to shoulder at that age. That's yeah. ridiculous. What, what was that experience like to, to get that call up and to be like you say, playing around mm-hmm. real heavy hitters in the women's game, senior yeah. players?
0: Um. It all quite like it all happened quite fast to be fair. Like I, we got back to Australia, um, and then I was playing in the league below professional league, um, which was called MPL One. So I was playing in that, and then um, got called up to the under twenties. And after my first tournament with them, straight after that, got called up into the senior team. Um, so it all happened really quick. And before going like moving back to Australia I didn't even know you could play for your national team and stuff so it was just like it all happened really quick but it was like very exciting because we traveled like I traveled to different countries with the national team and I was like wow like I didn't know you could do this kind of stuff um but I had like no idea what I was like getting myself into and that it was like not that like I would have wanted to stop but it just felt like it all happened so quick that you don't have a chance to be like this is what I want to do like I just kept on taking that next step um and it's ended up being a really like fun journey um but I think at like such a young age like you're just making your debut so early you're just like okay well now now this is it like it's made the decision for me.
2: I think when you're such a young age you embrace it a lot more as well because you don't think about it yeah. I mm-hmm. remember we played in the under youth world cup for Scotland and um, got to the final and it was a big, big occasion and people used to say, as we're 15 years old, mm-hmm. did you feel the pressure? But did you feel that, and you didn't, you just wanted to yeah. play football, you know, you had that freedom about you. Mm-hmm. It's when you get older that you start putting pressure on yourself. But I think when you're yeah. younger, you just you just embrace it and you want to go out and play football. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. the thing you, you always hear when you talk about young players is them playing without
1: fear. I imagine yeah. it's, it, it seems to be a huge advantage and it's helped you so far.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I was just always told like that I'm young, so I have the license to make mistakes. So I think like I, not that I I had to prove, I didn't have any pressure to prove myself at that time. Like I was already ahead of my age group and I was getting the opportunity because of my abilities, but I didn't have to be where everyone else was straight away. So I think that kind of just like took away any of the expectation and pressure to have to perform every time that I went on.
2: How were the senior players with you when you first went in?
0: Um, I mean, the environment's changed a lot to this point. I think in the past, like, it was just so different. Like, women's football's come such a long way. Um, and I think, like, at least for, like, our, like, national team, like, it's just, like, we have had, like, the same group of girls just being in that team for so long. So when you get new players, it's, like, a bit, sometimes it can be hard to get, like, into groups yeah, and, and yeah, to, to make friends and stuff. So it was challenging at times, like, being the youngest player there um They feel but,
2: threatened some times as well, don't they, the older ones?
0: Well, I think like it's just like it's not that they do that on purpose to leave you out, but it's just a maturity level that's so different that like the conversations that you'd have with someone your own age versus them with their mates, it's so different. So it's almost like they have a kid to look after. Mm-hmm. Um so I think, you know, now that I'm looking back on it I can like I I wouldn't be like mad at anyone for how things went. I think it was just tough on both sides to be like do I have to look after you like you're not my kid but then for me being like I feel like I'm not with anyone Um, but it's it's so nice now like I think as I've gone on my own journey and I've been able to relate a lot more to them now um, it's given me a lot more perspective on the past as well
2: it's experience isn't it as well they take the experience from it yeah and it
1: seems that that you're obviously still so young but you've been playing at the top level for so long and that seemed to Hit a real peak this summer at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how was it for you to be representing your home nation mm-hmm. at a home World Cup with everyone behind you and the success that the team had as well?
0: Yeah, oh, it was incredible. Like, uh, I think before it, like, I wouldn't have imagined that the country would get so behind us. Like, it's obviously a tournament at home, but like, the crowds that we were getting compared to what we would get when we just go for like a friendly or whatever, like, it was just everything was just so much bigger Um, and it was just yeah like even just us going on our like pre-match walks and stuff like you'd walk down the street and people just start clapping or singing and stuff and it's like it's just random people that you don't even know and like some of them have like never been to football games before and now because of the world cup they're coming and they're watching and they're interested so yeah it was just it was unbelievable
1: and it wasn't just australia either obviously we saw it it, right thinking that your mum is from papua new guinea yeah we saw something incredible support for you uh, over there as well I mean how special did that feel for you as well it's it's not just Australia it's it's your whole heritage that's really celebrating you
0: yeah no it was it it was amazing to see because like I've I've only been to Papua New Guinea once when I was seven um and so for for me to see like how much support and love they give me for someone that's like I wasn't born there, like I haven't been there often. I have relatives there, but I don't get to see them a lot, but they still treat me like I'm one of their own. And it's like, they don't have to do that. Um, but to see them like set up like the one TV in the village and try to get connection and everything. And just hearing about that and, and getting the pictures from my mom, like it was just, yeah, it was amazing to see because I just wouldn't have thought that that many people would get behind me and get behind the team like that. Like I, I think, I never really realized, and I think for a lot of girls, you, you sometimes don't realize how many people are actually interested and in, and want to see you do good. Um, and in the same time, you know how many people you're inspiring by what you're doing. Um, so I think that was like a moment for me where I was like, I I'd like I would just love to be able to give back because there's so many more people out here trying to like support me and make sure I do well that I don't I haven't even met, which I just thought was crazy.
1: Is that something you've been able to come to terms with? The fact of the, the reach, not just of the World Cup, but before that and you individually and what you've achieved, the reach that you've had and the people you've inspired, have you been able to kind of stop and think about that? Or is it the kind of thing that would just swallow you if you, if you did <laughs> think about it?
0: Um, I think I, I definitely have moments where it just like, I'm like, oh, like, am I actually, like, are people actually that interested? Cause then I'm like here and I'm like, I love just, leaving training, taking the tram, I feel so normal. Like I'm just like a 20 year old girl. Like I'm not I'm not doing anything incredible. Like I'm playing a sport that I love, I'm good at it. I've been given the opportunity to get to where I'm at, but I wouldn't say I'm like, I wouldn't put myself on this pedestal that I'm like doing way more amazing things than all the people that are supporting me. So I'm like, I think I find it hard sometimes to be like, um Put myself in their shoes looking at me like i'm a role model or, you know like that but then when i think about like me being younger and like people that i would look up to then i can get it in that sense and i'm like i would yeah there, there's just speaking about certain things like i i would if my role model said certain things and i would latch on to that so it just makes you realize how many people are watching and the kind of like messages that you want to give out um and yeah the kind of influence I guess you want to have because I have so many kids that follow me and I'm like I I would just want to be a good influence in that sense but it is hard at times to connect with that when I'm not in Australia because most of my following is from Australia so then when we go back for national team games that's when I get to see all the fans and everything and I'm like this is crazy like we can be in a stadium with 60,000 and I'm like I have like over three hundred thousand people that follow me, and I'm like, where are all these people coming from? Like, that I'll never like be able to put like picture that like in my head if I had three thousand, like three hundred thousand people in front of me. I'm like, it's it's just wild. Like,
1: that's crazy. I, but I don't want to write you off, Paul. Obviously, social media wasn't really about when you were still no. playing. I, but... was, I was quite glad about that actually. <laughs> I was going to say, does that resonate with you? Sort of knowing seeing yourself as a role model, of responsibility not just on the
2: pitch but also off it to people that. I've been inspired by you I think nowadays I think professional footballers I think it's, it's more so off the pitch That they can make a huge difference With their social media followers You know They all well know How good Mary is on the pitch um, And how good uh, Man City is as a club And all And all the, the Women's players And all, all the men's players um, Otherwise they wouldn't be At the level of that In the first place But I think it's You've got to be more conscious About what you do off the pitch now um, To be that role model Because there's so many Like 300,000 followers is amazing but they're also a majority of that, a huge majority of that. Will be followers that are looking up to you as the role model to do it. So it's it's a lot of pressure. And thankfully, thankfully, we didn't have. I'm too old for social media. So, um, <laughs> but thankfully, we didn't have that any idea. Yeah. Well, back back to the football, Mary. We we'll
1: go back to um, we're talking off camera. You made your professional debut alongside your sister. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Just just talk us through that experience and
2: everything.
0: Yeah, it was it was quite nice. It, her and I have been playing together since pretty much started like I've been playing up in her team we play in mixed teams together um so I think for us to be able to make that professional debut like it was in Australia um it was just nice for us to just have that together like we both played on the 20s national team together as well and it's just nice like it's good memories to have like to look back on and be like we were able to do that together like um just yeah to have those experiences because it's like not many people ever get to do that That's at amazing. that level yeah so.
1: I going to say to play with your, your sibling anyway is quite unique, but to play professionally and make your debuts together is is something else. Mm. And then moving on, you ever, obviously a few years later get the call to go to Montpellier. Mm-hmm. It's a big change. And I know, Paul, you obviously went from down to London at a very early age with Arsenal, but how was that for you in terms of a completely new culture? you had been in Europe before, of course, but it's a new yeah. language and, and I assume being on your own as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I was so excited. Like I wasn't like, I couldn't wait to go. I think I'm very like independent person and someone that likes their space. So I couldn't wait to live on my own and to be in a new country. Um, and I didn't mind that I couldn't speak the language. I think because I had been to Holland and I'd already had that experience of being like, I have no idea what people are saying. Um, so it didn't, it wasn't as like daunting to me as um, it may have been for someone who didn't, like hadn't been there before. Um, So, yeah, for me, it was more like a new adventure and I couldn't wait. Like, I I really wanted to play in Europe. I was tired of playing in Australia. So, um, (laughs) I was going to say, was that
2: always your plan after being in Europe as a youngster and going back to then come back and try and make it professionally here?
0: Yeah, I think like because like we had lived in Holland, like, I just I knew that the level was so much better in Europe than it was in Australia. So, um, I wanted to leave as soon as I could because I was like, I. If I'm going to play football professionally, like I want to do it at the best level, so I need to leave Australia for that. Mm.
1: Had you come because you came to City for a couple of training sessions, didn't you? Did yeah. that happen before or after Montpellier?
0: Before Montpellier, before. Right. yeah. And
1: um, what was what was that experience like? Because there's a few people yeah. that you probably will have trained alongside that are now yeah. teammates for you.
0: Yeah, I forget about that sometimes. Um, but yeah no that was that was really nice like I did that with my sister as well like we we had come here with um with my father and went to a few other clubs um in the league as well and just got to train with them just to see what the level was like and kind of where we were at um so we were fortunate enough that they gave us the opportunity to do that like we're just two random people but anyway it was nice um but Marnie like we stayed in touch with him since that time so I like since I came here it's been nice because I already knew Marnie and it was just like made it so much easier to settle in um because there were like familiar faces but yeah it's crazy like thinking about those moments where it's just like you don't know where you're gonna end up in the future um but yeah here I am I guess
1: yeah that's one of the best bits of advice I think I've Ever got given is you, you never know any conversation you have with anyone, you never know who that person might be, who they might turn mm-hmm. out to be, so yeah, I suppose when you're on the pitch as well, were there any players that you really remember sort of standing out to you at the time, past or present from from mm-hmm. that city
0: team um honestly, I just remember Steph and Demi. I really liked how Demi played, but that's honestly the only I just remember steph's face, <laughs> <laughs> and then I just remember playing with Demi, yeah. Um, but that's, that's all I can remember. I remember I did train with, it must've been the devs team at the time mm. and it was, yeah, it wasn't great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Sorry. you got to the seniors though. and smashed it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. Know. Um, and then when you do actually come back as a player mm. signing for the club a couple of years ago, how much have things changed for you? I, I know you're obviously only here for a couple of days or whatever, so mm. didn't get the full experience, but what yeah. were the key differences that you noticed?
0: Uh Yeah I mean I I couldn't tell you the differences between that and the two days I was there but that like being here compared to where I was at Montpellier like so many differences like it was just an obvious like next step because it was just just the standard of training and the standard of everything in general was just so much more professional um, and just like more of an environment where it's like you have to you know you want to you want to win basically like and you have to be at your best and and push for that each training session, um, which is like the environment that I wanted to be in, but I just hadn't experienced that on a consistent um, basis yet.
1: It seems as well as you've talked about obviously the standards that are set, but there also seems to be a really really good collective squad yeah. ethos in this team. Um, as it felt like that from the start. Is that something that's kind of developed? Because there are a lot of new players that came in mm-hmm. when you when you joined at first. Yeah.
0: Uh, I definitely felt it from the start like it was quite easy for me to come in here and um, get used to the team and, and feel very welcome I think um, it worked well for me that I came in when like players were still at the Euro so I had a smaller group of people to get to know first and then people slowly co- started coming in um, but yeah I also had Lars and Rass here so it, like that made it heaps easier as well so I, My transition here was quite smooth in that sense like getting to know the girls and um getting made feel welcome like i think it's not always like that at each club that you go to so it's probably has been the first club where it's been that easy to just get along with everyone and and feel like it's a nice environment to come in every day just because people are just nice Mm. people
2: how important is that no i think it's good to hear that because i remember speaking to gareth at the beginning of last season and he said, they did say it was going to be a transitional period because mm. I think there was six or seven players that went out the door, six or seven had come in mm-hmm. and even last season he felt this season now, going into this season, was when we'd really start seeing the best of is And he also did say he felt it was the best group he had, but not just on the pitch, he said, but off the pitch, he's an he's all really close.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's it's a hard like dynamic to get right, like having players that are just like not, not players that have big egos where they put themselves ahead of the team. I think everyone here is just like, so like team players um, and they just like, we we want to win together. Like it's not an individual success over anyone else's, um, which is important to get because I think not having that chemistry is like, it affects how you play. Um, But yeah, no, it's been so nice coming here because it hasn't been that like same kind of environment in previous places that I've been
1: we're running out of time unfortunately but just one final question before we kind of go on to the sort of concluding things I wanted to talk to you about your positional change this mm-hmm. season you've started tending to play a little bit more out wide this year um, I mean you've come into your element regardless whether you're in the middle or out wide but just talk us through that change how you found it what the managers maybe said to you and, and maybe what it's brought to your game
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah I think like we just tried it in in pre-season and i actually really enjoyed it there i think for the style of play that we play here like the wingers have quite a lot of attacking freedom um and like for national team i'd play as a 10 but i had that same attacking freedom whereas here the 10 is is a bit different where we play with two so it's already a bit different um so yeah i think being on the left like it's yeah it's been a nice change for me um but it's also like I just feel like it's helped me like be a lot more confident on the field because now when i get the ball it's not like i can just set it back all the time now it's like well you have space so you have to attack so like go like 1v1 and stuff um so i think like it's kind of bit of being a bit of both where like i've come back from world cup with a bit of momentum and um had a lot more confidence in my game but then being forced to be in a position where it's like well now you have to do stuff um and it's not all about being safe Um, that's also helped me just like yeah believe in myself a lot more out there and back myself to try things
1: yeah but I mean you can see it on the pitch the confidence you're
2: playing with at the moment is is brilliant I can't I can't let you go without asking about my big friend
0: Sean (laughs) Sean oh I love him he's great (laughs) yeah Yeah. he's great yeah even just seeing him smile just such a contagious smile but and I I Sean came in like end of last season and I really enjoyed working with him it was I was more working with him as a nine at that time. And just like his, like just the detail in which he sees things like, and it's it's He's such, massive
2: on the small details.
0: Yeah, such little things where like, you wouldn't even think about them. You'd just be like, take a shot and it gets blocked. And it's like, instead of being like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have taken the shot. He's like, well, actually like there's, there's a moment in which the defender's leg will be a bit outstretched so you can go between their legs. And I'm like, I would never think of that. Like, I would have just been like, maybe I'd have to cut it or fake or something, but he just sees things like so differently. Um, and he's been so massive for us in just being able to give people little details and practicing that outside with us. Like, it's so nice to be able to have, you know, a, a trainer out there that's able to, like, help you grow as a player and not just like be about the, the whole team.
1: Amazing well I mean I know it's a cliche but I could literally talk to you both of us could talk to you for the rest of the day if we could Mary but unfortunately we are running out of time just got a couple more questions that we Mm -hmm. do with every guest Uh, the first one is is there anything that you would change in football it doesn't necessarily have to be like a rule or something I think someone did say VAR once for example Mm -hmm. but if it was something outside of football is there anything that you'd you'd want to change if you had that power
0: um I think I know I think for me like if I could change one thing it would be like penalties like I think um, if we had extra time like I think like PK does it in his league or whatever but it's just like when it gets to extra time like just have a player come off like after a certain amount of time I just I think that would be so exciting like penalties are so like stressful and I think they're also great like for others but I think like golden goal like is so exciting and I think I would I would have loved to just like do that like after certain time people come off until it's actually one v one
1: good answer that's oh, a brilliant cool. <laughs> answer imagine that one v one yeah pitch.
0: on a big pitch yeah big
1: class yeah amazing um other one we've obviously let the fans know that you're coming on the podcast loads of questions coming in that they wanted to ask you we've picked out one that we really wanted to ask you and then we've actually got some in this bowl here as well as previous podcast guests questions so first off the one that we did want to really get an answer out of you was has there been a setback in your career that you maybe didn't anticipate but then also what have you then done to get over that and turn it into a positive
0: um I wouldn't say I've had anything like really bad happen um but I guess like so first coming here like not playing heaps I kind of lost my spot with national team and then with the home World Cup coming up like It was just, like, process of working myself back into that. And then um, a few weeks out from pre-camp, I fractured my back. Mm. Um, So that's the only thing I can think of. Like, I went into the World Cup thinking I'd be a sub player um, coming off the bench, and I was so fine with that. But it actually helped me to become a lot more of, like, a team player, being, like, if I'm not on the field, then what else can I bring, like, energy-wise? So, yeah, I I wouldn't say I've had any really big setbacks because a lot of time when things happen, I just think there's so much good that comes from it so yeah but
1: I mean fracturing you back just before a world cup sounds like a setback that to me but <laughs> seriously <too much.
0: laughs> <laughs> well it ended yeah. up being fine exactly but all yeah. up,
1: <laughs> didn't it? Um, and just finally as I've said there's some questions in the bowl just there from fans I'm from previous podcast guests so uh mm-hmm. dip on in pick one out and uh answer away
0: okay what's your favorite comfort food or cheat meal Ooh. um Fries. Yeah. Hot chips. That's how we'd say them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> do, you, do you have a particular sauce on it or anything or do you like them plain?
0: Um, oh, it depends. Sometimes I'm a ketchup person, sometimes mayo. Yeah, it depends how I'm feeling. But I will literally have fries for anything like burger and fries or pizza and fries. I just love fries. Yeah.
1: I'm so basic. I'm catch up all the way. Yeah. So, so boring. <laughs> but oh well, what can you do? <laughs> well, Mary, thank you so much again for for your time. Just one final thing that we ask all our guests is for you to leave a question for one of our future guests. So, um, can you think of anything off the spot that you might want someone to ask answer?
0: All I can think about is Christmas, and since we're in England and it's a cold Christmas, and I'm from Australia, my question is: hot Christmas or cold Christmas? Oh, solid. Yeah, that's, a good that's one. all I can think about.
1: Well it's a good one. We'll look forward to that one. Thanks again, Mary, <laughs> also, for your time. Thanks. Appreciate you. it. To the
0: corner. Fowler meets it. And Fowler has her first WSL goal of her career. And it's just bounced into the back of the net.
2: Paul, that was a belter with Mary. I really, really enjoyed that one. Yeah, it just looks she's a bundle of enthusiasm, isn't she? Always smiling, but you you can tell within that how much she loves playing football. Um and how not a lot phases her as well, you know, and I mean, saying at such a young age, I mean, she's still only 20 now, you know, she's a baby really in, in football in terms, but you know, the fact the transition from Australia uh, to Holland, then Holland back to Australia, making her debut and she was 15th under 20s and then also for the national team as well. But uh, I think the, the, the big thing for me is how she, how she embraces every challenge that comes in front of her for somebody so young, you know, she's had so much happen, you know, then leaving Australia um, to obviously Go to Montpellier and then being a huge star in the World Cup, which she was in her home country, to to obviously being at Manchester City. And you can tell that, you know, she's got a huge, she's had a fantastic career already, but for somebody so young, she's got a huge career ahead of her, not just ability-wise, but... Her mentality seems absolutely fantastic. That was the thing. It was whenever there was an obstacle, it wasn't seen as a challenge. It was it was an opportunity, which really
1: struck me with how she was talking.
2: It about. was, and even the question you asked at her end about setbacks, and she was like, "I've never really had any, but I fractured my back just before the World Cup." You know, so that's <laughs> that one to me. So it just shows you that little laid back, but. Um, what a fantastic mentality and drive that she's got. Yeah, no
1: surprise she's been so successful so far and, and long may it continue. Paul, thanks again for, no, for your pleasure today. To. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks again for, for listening and um, and for letting us know what you think about the podcast. Give us a like, give us a follow, um, and see you for the next one.
2: The unbeatable official Manchester City podcast. Watch the full video version of this show via City Plus now.